The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll and brought to you in part by our friends at Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, amazing Kwanzaa, uh, so many great holidays and so many great moments and times. Hope you guys had a great, great uh, day and, and, and week with your family. But one person who's still cranking things out this holiday season is Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan, who delivers the last joke of the week for 2019. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Hope you're, hope you're good. Uh, having a great holiday season here. You know, uh, we lost the dog last night in, uh, in the Brandon Park. So, uh, looked for 20 minutes, couldn't find, find the, the dog. And I, uh, my wife said, uh, you know, you should, should really look harder. So I shaved my head and got a neck tattoo, but I still can't find the dog. Thank you very much. Finishing the year strong. <laughs> so Duff is trying to finish the year strong, at least. Can you picture Duff with a shaved head and a neck tattoo? Uh, it's making me laugh. But Duff, uh, thanks to him for making me laugh and all of us laugh every single Friday in 2019, just like he did in 2018 and for half of 2017. Can't wait to hear what he has lined up for 2020. We appreciate you, Duff. We love you. Someone else we appreciate, uh, recently just appreciated after not liking him for a while. Uh, one part of the one third of the Jurassic Express tag team in All Elite Wrestling. It's the first tag team he's ever been a part of. And like me, everyone told him he was too small to wrestle or make it at all in the business when he first started wrestling about five years ago. That's right. Marco Stunt makes his talk as Jericho debut starting now. talking man just two two guys talking here two uh two, two jack uh, dudes talking two jack dudes talking i guess you'd say we're like peers now ah i'm a peer of marco stunt that's what i ever guess that uh obviously with marco stunt because i just said it and um once again when i first heard about you you're a really small guy yeah the yeah. word is out the secret's out sorry to burst the bubble everybody <laughs> But it's funny because now that you're here and we've talked about this before and we'll get into it all, it's just another definition and another version of a, of a small guy coming into the business and people sometimes don't like that. And I know that from a fact because I was one of them. I remember when I first started or wanted to get into wrestling, people would say like, oh my gosh, just, you're too small. And I was like, well, says who? Because times were different then. And here we are, I'm the size of Hulk Hogan and you're the size of me, conversely, yeah. right? So um, I guess just to start out with, I mean, when you 
obviously saw your physical stature and when you're growing up, were you always wanting to get into wrestling? What gave you that? It takes a lot of balls to come into this business being your size. And we'll get into all of that, but let's just start with that question right there. Well, I mean, I guess growing up, I never really saw myself as a different size, per se, because I've always been this size. I don't know what it's like to be any taller, any any smaller, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I know what it's like to be smaller, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know what I it's like. I was a baby. I don't know what it's like to be any taller than I am. So I, I've always had the mentality of like, oh, well, if, if I want to do that, I'm going to go do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I've, And I'm real big about taking negative things the wrong way like i've always taken negative things to heart like so it's real hard to get on twitter and see a bunch of stuff now but like even back when i wanted to do it growing up i had people tell me i I should and i'm I'm small and then so i kind of threw that away for a long time until i was probably 15 or 16 and then i went to a show and uh they didn't really take me seriously but uh I went to that show then the dude died so he didn't get to train me mm. and so i uh waited three more years and then my senior year of high school i started training after we went to a show they actually didn't want to train me at first they wanted my buddy because he's six five six mm-hmm. uh, 320 you know so you went to an independent show yeah yeah, yeah. And, and where are you from uh mississippi mississippi live, gotcha live in north mississippi right outside of memphis mm-hmm. good old memphis yeah, big um, big wrestling area. It well, it, yeah. I say it was. I wouldn't say it is anymore. Now, mm-hmm. it's um. I mean, they they're still wrestling, but there's so much of it. Like, but and they all, it's all the same thing. I don't really mean that. I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but it's yeah, yeah. It's all the same thing now. Right, right, right. So you went to a couple of these shows. And you were looking for someone to train you. Yeah, and the one guy died, and you had to wait. And so another person. Yeah, yeah I went. Yeah, these other people were. They looked at me and they were like, wait, are you serious? Because I'm the one that asks because I'm the talky one out of mm-hmm. any group that I'm in usually. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, my buddy who's like 6'5", he saw him. He was real interested in him. Um, and then my other buddy who's, uh, he's probably like 5'7". He's not the tallest guy ever either. But uh, they both started with me. And I'm the only one that's really stuck with it so far. And it, I'd say it's gotten me. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those things, once again, so when I know, like, going back to 1990, when I started telling people that you're going to go into wrestling, I remember I told my church, and my, the pastor was super cool, and he brought me up to the front, and he's going to go into wrestling. People started laughing. It was much like you said, just, I used it to drive me to, like, you know, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them I'm going to do this. But people were like, you're just, like, dude, wrestling's about big guys, and you're not big. So what were people saying to you when you told them what you wanted to do? I mean, to my face, a lot of people were like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, man, whatever. But, you know, I have a lot of friends that tell me what other people say otherwise, you know. So, I, yeah, I know exactly how they really feel. And even family members didn't take me seriously until probably, I guess, a few months ago. Um, and now they're all, everybody wants to be. Because now you're on TV, right? Yeah, right? everybody wants to talk to me now. That's whatever. <laughs> but it was, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with this you now. Just, I was just asking what people used to say to you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, really, I didn't have a lot of people telling me I, I couldn't do it. I had a lot of people telling me I shouldn't do it because they're more, I think they're more worried about me in general, which is fine. I get it, but I'm a tough kid. I feel like I've proven that. And and I just wanted to show them, prove them wrong, to be honest. And it, and it drove me. And I and there were the ones that told me that I would never make it. There were the ones that told me getting into it that, that it was a stupid idea that I that I should just stay in Mississippi and, and not 
try to get out and and just stay in a comfort zone you know was there certain guys that you watched when like did you grow up a wrestling fan oh i yeah of course yeah, big time so so were you watching some of the smaller guys and going i want to be like that or did you not even notice uh no actually because when i was growing up my favorite wrestler who actually got me into wrestling was the big show i uh <laughs> i i didn't watch i i watched like ray and eddie and and chris and 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 chris and mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh but big show kane undertaker i wanted to be tall i wanted to be big because I, my dad used to let me choke slam him onto the couch and stuff and he would choke slam me on the couch and i was like man i want to do this when i grow up i want to choke slam people i want to step over the top rope and have pyro go off on the stage for me when i come out you know mm-hmm. i just thought that was the coolest thing ever and then i then i grew i started growing up or or you know kind of and <laughs> didn't grow up as much as you wanted not as much as i wanted not quite i needed to grow about two more feet but, <laughs> but uh i started i think i i respected uh like smaller guys wrestling and stuff but my heart was set on like the giants of wrestling because it's i guess when i was growing up that's what it was it was mm-hmm. the bigger they are the better they are you know? that was always kind of the the thought process behind mm-hmm. wrestling up until the last five or ten years actually you know like if you look at like if you would have come around 30 years ago you never would have had a chance no if i would have come around you know five years before i did i never would have had a chance it would have been you know a jobber in the ring for one man gang or whatever it was but times change because <laughs> of the physicality of the job and the speed of the job but even still i mean if you're talking about small guys that aren't you know minis like they say in 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 mexico you're probably the smallest guy i've ever seen in the business yeah i and i you know i i take that as a positive too i feel i i brag about that i i tell people i'm like no i'm pretty sure i'm the smallest guy to ever wrestle and i don't mean literally the smallest guy because obviously there are minis a good friend of mine dylan uh, hornswoggle sure He's a uh, he's obviously but he's a little person. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a, a little dwarf, person, right? Yes, and and I'm a good bit taller than him, like <laughs> which which makes me feel good. <laughs> but, he weighs more though. He does, man. He weighs a lot more he than me. Lot, he probably yeah. weighs two of me. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a many at all. I I brag about being the smallest act like wrestler. Mm-hmm. So I don't find that as a bad thing at all. What makes you stand out, right? Yeah, it's why I'm, it's, it's literally why I got signed. They told me that if I had been a normal size, I wouldn't be here. So mm. it is. I think it is a standout thing, and I'm. I feel like I'm able to do. I don't. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like if I was small and just small, that I wouldn't be here. But I feel like I'm bringing something other than just being small to the table now. Well, and I agree with you on that because when I think about other guys in the biz that were, that were smaller before, obviously Mysterio is one in a million to this day. Yes. You know, he created a whole style of wrestling and when he came around, he really was like a real life Jackie Chan. You couldn't believe it. And then you get like Spike Dudley, <laughs> who was more of a personality. And you're kind of a combination of both of those. You have this kind of tenacious personality, which we've been working with, and you can do a whole gaggle of amazing athletic acrobatic maneuvers so you're not just some little dude that's just hanging around you actually have something that you're bringing to the table with that yeah i would like i'd like to say so i appreciate that thank you yeah well there you go can't stop smiling now so when you first started going to wrestling school what was kind of did you train like everybody else i mean did you what was kind of the way that you got into it yeah i actually i trained whenever they had a show and i would go i would go set up which was like two times a month and um 
I would go set up the ring. I would I would run my laps. He would have me run my laps and stuff, and put all the cardio in. He, uh, but they tra- they were trying to train me how to be a Memphis wrestler. Like they weren't trying to train me to my size and and how to use my size. They were teaching me how to put a headlock on and and what position to hold my hands and and when to shoot somebody off at the right time and the foot positioning there and and how to give somebody a shoulder tackle or a clothesline or or how to give somebody a body slam and and I don't feel like I should be body slamming really many many right. people at all. Right, right, right. You know? But I guess over time. I mean, I'm very glad I learned all that stuff because it, it definitely is in the in the. You need in my your foundations yes. to build upon, right? Hundred yeah. percent. But I feel like I wasn't in the right area, and I had to get out to learn how to be me. Mm-hmm. You know. How did you do that? Uh, I luckily I met some guys that were that traveled around the little indie circuits around there, and they took me to. Well, we became friends, and they took me to. Uh, Illinois for the first time, which was my first out of state gig mm-hmm. ever, which was really cool. It was like six hours away. We drove straight there, straight back. And uh, the show was started at seven and ended at two o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he had seven, 18 matches. Oh my gosh. 18 matches because he wanted to fit everybody that showed up on the show. <laughs> so everybody was getting an opportunity. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I came, with, uh, I came with some guys that he was buddies with. So they put me in a, a singles match, which was really cool. So I got a, they said I did good there. So I got a return gig there. They brought me back a few times, which led to me meeting some more people, which got me into the St. Louis area. And then I went down into Tennessee, Nashville area, which is one of my favorite places to wrestle is Nashville. Uh, Why is that what happened there? I just it's I it's one of my homes. I guess it's I guess uh, there's a promotion down there called Southern Underground Pro. It's where I say I broke out for the most gotcha. part. The way that they saw me here was uh, in AEW. Yeah, in AEW. Cody saw me for the first time. Uh, I did a show at Lost. It was called Lost in New York. Joey Janela's Lost in New York. It was last year, or was it last year? No, it was the year before last. Mm-hmm. And um. I originally wasn't actually booked on that show. Brett had seen me on the Southern Underground Pro show, which is Brett's the promoter. And uh, he brought me in for this show because somebody got hurt and I got to come out of the crowd and I did this wild move. It's a tilt whirl into a code breaker. Mm. I'll show it to you after this. <laughs> I don't do it here anymore for, mm-hmm. for a reason. You won't be doing it to me. Oh, I'm going to do it to you. <laughs> I'm going to hit it on you more than once. There you go. No, <laughs> no. I hit that and Cody popped real hard and he... Um, emailed somebody looking for my number and i woke up the next morning from a text message from him saying hey this is cody rhodes uh we'd like to invite you to come to all in and i was like whoa but yeah so there nashville is where i based myself out of for a long time the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So who was your very first match against? Uh, it was against a girl. Her name was Brittany. And uh, they couldn't find any other girls to wrestle her. So they called me up because I was her size. <laughs> and uh, I wrestled her. And then I wrestled another girl for about a year straight because they couldn't find anyone to wrestle her. Hmm. So I wrestled her. and Were you pretty- always called Marco Stunt? Yeah. Um, is that your real name? No, it's not. Oh, it's not actually. So the stunt is because you're a stunt man. Actually, I'll I'll tell you where I got my name from. Yeah. I uh, I was playing WWE. Uh, I think it was 2015 game, the one that came out, and uh, my name in there was Marco Stunt, and it was with a K, because I remember that. Um, but those are the those are the names that I I was just scrolling through because I didn't have my real name, and so. I, I picked uh, I picked Marco and I was just scrolling through and I couldn't find anything that I liked so stunt was the only thing that I I could think of, I, that that they had on there that I that they actually said like the announcer would actually say Marco stunt oh and I so, see so if you pick this name he, that that has been recorded by yes. the announcer Marco yes. with a K yeah ah so what you didn't have your real name what's your real first name my real name is Noah Noah gotcha yeah. don't have that not a popular name no. Unless you're uh, in, in the market for arcs. <laughs> I get that joke all the time. First time you've ever heard that joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you're talking about, um, you know, kind of getting your name around and that's how you do it. Like everyone else, you go work in Illinois and then you go to Tennessee. And I, I just keep thinking back to, I mean, when I first started, I was smaller, but I wasn't super small. I keep thinking back to Mysterio. And I told the story when, when, when Jim Cornette was flipping out about you destroying the business and all that stuff. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I remember back to when Mysterio started because I was there. Uh, well, the first time I met Mysterio was with Art Barr in 1993 in Mexico City. And he brought him in. And I was like, dude, you can't be smoking a joint in front of this little kid. And he's like, he's not a little kid. He's 18. I'm like, bullshit. Show me some ID. And that's where I got the first, you know, like, I couldn't believe how small he was, right? Yeah. And then you see him throughout the years where he, the first time he brought him to Japan. I remember Tenru's brother-in-law, who's kind of the a partner in WAR, the co- company worked in, was screaming at us, like, Ultimo Dragon, you're ruining the company. This is an embarrassment. And then after they watched him work, suddenly they want him on every show. So he really had to prove himself, but he was such a unique individual. He did. Are you getting the same reactions when you go into some of these locker rooms when you first start? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was a long, I say long time. It's probably three plus years before anybody like started taking me a little bit seriously, mm-hmm. I guess. And it took me a while to learn, I guess, because I wasn't being put in, the, in there to learn. They were just putting me in there because they needed a body. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really getting the training in that I needed. Uh luckily getting out got that training but they uh yeah no they didn't take me seriously at all everybody like laughed at me even like getting out when i started traveling more and i started getting into these uh bigger indies you know they still didn't take me seriously 
you know the people in the back or the people in the crowd or uh i would say both mm. there's a now don't get me wrong i wouldn't say the 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 back is really negative right i think it got better the more i traveled because like the, the more i traveled i feel like the more people come together that are wanting to travel as well mm. and it's more like a brotherhood and so they were cool i found a lot of good friends in that but definitely the crowd definitely the crowd i've never had a crowd that i walk out in front of for the first time and they they are like oh yeah this guy's the best right you know they're always like what the hell is this kid doing here you know <laughs> but so how do you how do you get them on your side i don't know i go out there and i try to be myself i turn it up a little bit but i'm mostly myself in the ring i try to put on a good show and one time i did it with one backflip that was cool that was oh. cool. I just I did my entrance. I waved and I did a moonsault off the second rope, and they were like, oh, "I like this dude." <laughs> that was the easiest one I've ever done. I think it's like anything else. You have to convince people that you're committed to it, and, and you're doing it. You know, I mean, you have to be committed to do this, or at, at your size, or it wouldn't be working. But I think when people understand that, they kind of respect it. I think a lot a lot of it has to do with the sympathy in the ring too. Like it takes a crowd a minute to get behind me and then once like I start getting beat up and and like I start reaching for it or something then then there there's that one guy in the crowd that's like, "Oh no. Mm-hmm. All right, come on, Marco. Come on, Marco." And then that you know that makes a flood of people, you know. It'd be very like, easy it's a wave. to have a match with you. Oh. Very easy to have a match with you cuz like for just for that reason just bully you and beat you up and then you make a comeback and do some sweet moves and people would get behind that it's yeah. like the the rudy the the, the underdog yeah. and all that sort of thing right no that's my i feel like i feel like that's my forte is being the underdog uh they told me i guess a week after being signed they were like yeah we want you to be like the white meat baby face and i didn't know what that meant <laughs> at first i had to ask multiple people actually you know what it means now i know what it means now old school yeah. term for just the complete yeah. uh not cliched because that just the complete template of a baby face you love children you love your mother and you're just happy to be here and you give 110 percent type thing right yep and i'm learning i feel like i'm learning that mm-hmm. slowly but surely but there's a lot of me because i still have that independent mindset i guess the independent wrestler mindset where i i want to go show everybody that i can do all these cool things i want to i want to get myself over by doing these cool things and maybe people will like me after that but it's cool to learn now that i've been here for i guess a couple months now three months i'm learning how to slow down learning how to tell a story you know mm-hmm. i love doing that that's like one of my favorite things in wrestling is is being able to get with people and tell a story in the ring like well and that's what wrestling is yeah and it's funny because there's a lot of guys and this happens when you work in indies because you don't have a regular presence on tv or you don't come to corpus christi every week or whatever people don't know you so the tendency is i'm just going to do everything i can to yeah. leave an impression and i'm and then six months from now when i come back hopefully they remember or maybe somebody will see it on youtube and hire me but the real crux of wrestling it's cool to see you say that and I know uh, Jungle Boy is feeling it. And I know that Darby Allen told me the same thing. We're not going anywhere. We're here every week. Yeah. So our best way to build is to tell the stories and build the characters of each individual so that people understand and get into it as, yeah. as a result. I feel like we're doing, like AEW is doing such a good job and you have such a big role in that. Like you're, And I feel like you're helping us like dramatically because mm. I don't feel like we would be, there's no way that we would be where we are right now if you weren't 
Oh, helping us you. in the back. Like, well, and I mean, and that's one of my roles. And also, too, like, for example, let's go back to the first week we were on. Was it first week or second week when, when, when uh, Luchasaurus got hurt? Oh, yeah. That was the... First week? No, second week. no. It was right near the beginning. Yeah, it was the first week of the tag tournament. So I want to say first, second or third. So let's say second or third. So the bottom line was that was supposed to start the show. Yeah. And then the idea was for for to, to sub you in and and you guys would start the show. And I was like, you can't do that because what I, what I didn't want to happen was exactly what you said just happened. When people don't know you and you first come out, they're like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. And they hadn't seen you in context with the other guys in the Jurassic Express, which is perfect for you. And I want to find out how you got involved in that, but you're part of the team. But when you come out without the giant guy, that's kind of like your big buddy, it was like, you can't start off the show with having him walk up by himself when we've never seen him on this program before. Yeah. And that's where all the, all the, the, the insults were coming. You know, and then when Luchasaurus comes back, now it's like, oh, I get it. Had, yeah. had you guys been on five weeks in a row, you could have come out by yourself, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the right order of that yet, yeah. you know? I understand, 100%. Yeah. I'm I mean, glad we did it the way we did it. Right, because um, we, we switched the order around or something yeah. like that. I think we went, like, fourth instead of first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to start, and I was freaking out, because I, only, I only had two hours to get everything done. Oh, so tell us about that. So what happened then? Okay, so... I was getting ready for a match. I was supposed to be on Dark that mm-hmm. night uh, with Joey Janela and Brandon Cutler. It was supposed to be a triple threat, Three-way, yeah. which ended up being a singles between them. Um, and then Cody calls me over and was like, hey, uh, Luchasaurus might be hurt. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I think he pulled a hamstring. We may have to sub you in. He was real nonchalant about it. And I was like, are you serious? And Christopher Daniel goes, yeah, he's serious. I was like, oh, God. So I was freaking out because it's the Lucha Brothers, you know. They they have such a reputation for being a tag team, one of the best tag teams in the world. And and here I am about to jump in there on two hours' notice. So Kicking off the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's what was freaking me out. Mm-hmm. It was because it was just happening so quick. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't have any time to prepare for it mentally or or physically, really. But um we got we got to the back and um we had to wait another hour before we found out if he was going to even wrestle or not. Cause he was trying to rehab it yeah. and all that stuff. He was yeah. trying to see if he could do anything. Um, unfortunately he was not able to. So we had to put the match together, which was a lot easier than I anticipated, but we had to put the match together real quick. I feel like we put it together the best we could in that situation for that situation for sure. And it turned a lot of eyes when we finally got out there and did it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what started the Jurassic Express rise. I feel like we're still rising, but I feel mm-hmm. like we started to rise right there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How did you get put into the Jurassic Express in the first place? Originally, it was actually supposed to be me and Jungle Boy as a tag team. And then uh, Jungle, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were actually a tag team on the independence scene uh, the, out in California. They would do the, the boy and his dinosaur gimmick. Mm-hmm. 
and so they came and they did a they did a tag stuff in the in the battle royal for double or nothing and they were like okay wow these two are great together we got to go ahead and put them together so they kept them together as a tag team and i was going to be with jack anyways so they put me with them and it turned oh, so into you were it. never with the two of them before aw no. No, I've never been in a tag team before AEW. Oh wow! So I've, this is my I, uh, being in a tag team was kind of like throwing me to the wolves almost because I've never I've never done that. I don't know how it works. Or I mean, I'm starting to now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting it better and better. I'm have, I have a lot of good coaches. I feel like, but I had never done any sort of tag stuff. I like I've done the occasional one here and there, but hmm. yeah, I wasn't affiliated with them at all. Interesting because it looks like you guys have been working together for a long time. Well, thank you. Because, like I said, it really fits with with the, the you know it's like a Disney movie. We got the big lion, and then you got like the you know the the, the middle guy, and then you got the little monkey guy running around or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who jumps on someone's back if there's a fight or whatever? But I like the dynamic of it a lot yeah. with the three of you. Thank you. You know, and I thought it was kind of once again a little unfair to you to not have that ex- uh, have that shown before they just put you out with, with Jack, right? Yeah. So what did you think about that when you got all the the backlash from some of the critics? It uh, it bummed me out a lot, but I, f- I feel like the positive outweighed the negative in that situation. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of negative, and I saw a lot. Of, I saw probably all of it um, because my eyes are drawn to it. That's the yeah. world we live in now, too. Yeah. You check Twitter and yeah. see what's going on online. and yeah. Vanity search. Right, what do people think of my match? Yeah. yeah. And... I don't think, and there, there was a lot of people that changed their minds that were set on not liking me, and then that match changed their minds, and that's what I wanted, and I want to keep doing that, but I feel like there's always going to be, you know, naysayers, or there's always going to be that negative, but it definitely, it hurt a lot because I didn't understand. I did, and I, I guess I still don't. I didn't understand why they were saying all this, or, or what well, was saying what like. Like they were, just, they were, they were just. I'm trying to think of something specific. Like just being mean. Yeah, they were just. Like you're be, ruining the business. Yeah. Right. Like they're just like <laughs> deliberately saying, like you don't belong. This is a, you're a joke. You're you're a disgrace. Stuff like that. Like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you want to get in here and do what I do? Come on, mm-hmm. do it and prove me wrong. If you can, like. But you're like these people aren't out there doing what I'm doing. They're not putting their bodies on the line. They're and and I would challenge them to to try and do what I do, you know, mm-hmm. because I I'm going to do it better than them. It was interesting <laughs> to me because, like I said once again, you're talking about just just completely not even paying attention to the actual match or your work, just your size alone. And you know, once again, before there was two guys that since you started here in AW that have completely changed my mind because I just hadn't seen you. You were one and, and juice, sorry, orange Cassidy is another one. Hmm. Um, I just thought this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is stupid. I just punch him in the face or just, you know, crush this little guy. And then you get in there. It's like, what's wrong with me? Because once, once again, I had that same thing when I started, you're too small, you're too small, you're too small. Over is over. That's all that matters. And that's what I was saying when I, I think I said some kind of a Twitter to kind of in your defense. Like, yeah, yeah. I saw the same thing happen with Mysterio. Same thing happened with me. Like, yeah, but you guys were in shape. I'm like, Ray wasn't in 
shape when he first started. He looked like a little kid because he was maybe 140 pounds, whatever. Yeah. Bottom line is over is over. Would you rather see Marco Stunton there connecting with the crowd and people going nuts and little kids love you or see some six foot five muscle head who's a wrestler, quote unquote, just because he's big and he's boring as and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. So what's what's better here? The perception or the reality, right? Is that do you feel that too? Yeah, I do. I I feel like I, I when I'm actually out there and I will say I I think I'm a lot and I'm an in person wrestler. Like if you see me in person, I feel like it's different than watching me on TV. Interesting. I like What do you I, mean by that? I feel like maybe it's harder to connect with me over a television screen but i and i and i want to improve that and i feel like i will improve that i'm new to this but i'm definitely used to the being in person connecting with the crowd that's there not necessarily connecting with the crowd that's watching me from behind a screen so i understand watching me on tv and being like okay well such and such and such and such because i'm not connecting with them um but being in a crowd, I feel like I connect well with the, uh, being in the crowd, mm. being in the stadium or something. I feel like I connect well with that crowd specifically. Mm. I feel like I'm able to read them to an extent, and uh, either they like me or they don't. But usually, I'm able to connect with them, and and I I feel like I have a decent charisma about me, and it's not necessarily my wrestling either. I know because I'm I feel like what you said I'm. You told me one day, you're like, you're a spectacle, like, because I'm small mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm starting to realize that mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm starting to try and learn how to use that in my advantage. Well, and, and that's the secret of once again, of wrestling is, is don't worry about what you're not and embrace what you are yeah. and really focus in on that. Because once again, we said this earlier, you're the smallest guy yeah. wrestling so you can really focus on that yeah and use that to your advantage like you said because nobody can touch you when it comes to that and what what used to be a detriment could become a huge positive as long as you know exactly how to harness that it takes time but i think you're starting to figure that out like you mentioned and i don't you know a lot of people are like oh but it's just so unrealistic that i'm like that i'm out there and stuff and i'm but i'm not doing anything that's unrealistic i'm i'm getting beat up i'm i'm not body slamming people i'm not clotheslining people i'm i'm rarely even punching people and when i do they're shoving me off mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like i'm throwing myself at people trying to make it more realistic mm-hmm. you know i don't know no but i love that it's not realistic okay well so when i throw someone to the ropes they're gonna magically bounce yeah. back like yeah the entire crux of wrestling is not realistic if you want to break it down like that exactly. it's just like when i go to a movie well star wars isn't realistic either but everyone loves Yoda when he like whips people's ass or, you know what I'm, you know, like yeah. R2D2, like there's little characters like Groot in uh, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy yes. is the most popular guy, right? Baby Yoda Baby. on Mandalorian. Like that's realistic because you're drawn into the story of it mm-hmm. and the way that the character portrays himself within that story. Yeah. That's kind of what you're doing. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have, and what, for, first of all, before we go to that, a lot of uh, great points about the difference between a live crowd and then connecting with the TV people too. That That's that's interesting. That's, yeah. Uh, I just feel like it's different working, learning how to work on camera. Like, because I, I come from not having to worry about where I place my face or mm-hmm. I, I or not worrying about which turnbuckle I, I work out of. or And that's hard to me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's something new and it's challenging and I love it because it is a challenge and I love a challenge. But um, I think over time, I think it's not over time. I'll, I'll go back a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm rushing myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it's harder to connect over a TV to a character, not necessarily to a character unless you're doing a lot of backstory with it and stuff. But it's harder to just see a person in a match uh, like whether you watch it, watch them every week and all they do is wrestle. It's harder to see them on a TV, I feel like, and connect with them than it is to be sitting front row mm-hmm. and see them come out mm-hmm. and be able to interact with them and, and connect with them there. Like that's where I'm getting at, I guess. No, that makes sense because the thing is too, and, and to really connect with the TV audience, you need that character. Yes. Whether it's promo time or whether it's just FaceTime with, Jurassic Express in your in your case that's because I think in the arena you can you can hear the slams and you can hear the chops and the sweat TV you can't yeah you know it's it's not a great example but I don't like watching sports on TV mm-hmm. it's always more fun to actually be there 100% feel it more I'm the same you way. know and I think that kind of translates for characters in, in wrestling as well do you have um, um, when you do talk to fans and meet fans you do a lot of kids uh, relate to you? Do you have a lot of like little kids that are your fans? Uh, I do. I do. I don't get to meet as many mm-hmm. as I, you know, as I see online. Right. I see a lot more online, and then I'll have the occasional that'll that'll like wait outside for us right, right, and right. stuff, which is okay, cool. So, so your response online is from a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. I'll get like like Instagram messages and about how I'll inspire somebody or something, somebody that's in high school or something, and they're small. And I, I get a bunch of those, mm. which is really, really, really cool to me because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell the story. I used to message Sammy Guevara uh, really? th- three or four years ago. <laughs> I used to message Sammy Guevara and I used to be like, man, you're really cool. I really like your stuff. Uh, I'm really enjoying watching your vlogs. I'm really enjoying watching your matches and stuff because I was coming up at this time and I was still in Mississippi and I wasn't doing anything and I saw him out out here going country to country and state to state and he was doing exactly what i wanted to do and so i used to message him and i so i and he would message me back so i know how it feels to get those messages send those messages and now i know how it feels to get them and so that's I, really cool yeah when's the first time you met him face to face uh i have a picture <laughs> was it um, like recently or no okay uh sammy yeah no i met him 2017. Okay. At uh, at WrestleCon because gotcha. I was walking around WrestleCon, and uh, I, w- I was there for that WrestleMania in Orlando, mm. and uh, that was my first and only WrestleMania I've ever. When been did you to. start wrestling? Uh, 2015. 15, right? Because I remember the first time we met was at the uh, fight for in Las Vegas or something like that. Or was it? Yes. No. You're right. You're right. It was. Uh, was yeah. it in Vegas? I think Double Vegas was at Frankie's concert or something like that or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. That's funny. <laughs> when you uh, have you ever wrestled uh, out of the country? No, oh. I've not. That's uh, that's on the goal list. So I want to real bad. I think I'm going to Australia. That's on the down low though. But mm. I think I'm going to Australia in the new year. Okay. So that'll be a fun one. That's actually a dream place of mine to go just to visit. I don't think I could live there. Isn't it amazing how it goes? So like you said, like you're working all these small things, and then you get signed to a national TV deal. And now you're going around the world and all I that know. stuff. I mean, it's pretty crazy how fast it can move, right? And realistically, it's moved very, very fast for me. Like I'm only How old are you? five years in. I'm twenty three. Twenty three, yeah. Yeah, I'm only twenty three. I'm I'm not even five years in yet, actually. Mm. I'll be I'll be five years in in January. January, I think twentieth. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also seventy six yards. 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What did your uh, parents say when you first told them you wanted to get into wrestling as a, as a job? My dad was all about it, but he didn't think I'd make it as a job at first. Mm. You know, I think my mom wasn't real happy about it because <laughs> she likes it now, but she still she freaks out every that's time. A boy, she right? it. Yeah, because that's one thing. Being of small stature, I mean, the bumps probably hurt sometimes worse than they I, would. I don't know. You wouldn't know. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they hurt. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, hurt yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my body's real beat up. I go to the I go to the docs every 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 week and he and he complains to me that i'm way too tense hmm. so but i mean i feel like it's a normal thing now i feel like my body's good right now mm-hmm. i'm not feeling bad i I broke my leg back last november oh yeah tell us half. what i heard about it what happened yeah <laughs> i was being dumb mm-hmm. i took a canadian destroyer off a stage through a door that was set up long ways oh so, my gosh uh, it was set up on the stage, and it was set up on the steps that they pulled away from the stage, which was a mistake in general because the steps were solid. Mm-hmm. Well, I had him up in, like, FU position, you know? I was going to run him off the stage. Well, he slipped behind me, shoved me, and I turned around. He jumped up into the Canadian Destroyer. Mm. When he jumped, he jumped really far out, so it drugged me, and my I, we went way further back, and my leg wrapped around the step oh yeah broke it in half i didn't realize it was broken at first and then uh ref was like are you good can you continue i was like i don't know let me let me go try to stand up so i rolled over and my leg you know how skateboarders you they'll roll over and their leg will just flop mm-hmm. it's kind of like that was it in your shit? it was uh yeah it was the big bone oh, right in the middle wow. right so in just the middle. kind of dipping yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's Good times. Uh-huh. That was fun. So did you, obviously you couldn't finish the match? No, they uh, they came and picked me up. They had to carry me out the front because I couldn't go into the back. Um, they carried me around the whole building, and I laid on a couch for about two hours until the rest of the show finished. And then they, yeah. Why, they had to wait to give you a ride? And that, was, that was me being stupid oh, and stubborn. Geez. I didn't know my leg was broken. Mm. I thought I was just hurting, you know? Hey, so I did the same thing. I didn't know my, my arm was broken when I broke it either. Yeah. No idea. When they showed me the x-ray, I was like, what? Yeah. It's broken? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I was real, really upset when I got to the hospital and they did the x-ray because it was like, like literally like this. It's completely out it of was, whack. Yeah. It was, it's, it's a fracture. Could have come through the skin type. Was it a compound, but it could have yeah. been. Right. It was completely... It was a clean break, they said. Mm. So, but they had to go in. They drilled through my knee to realign it and stuff, and then they shoved a plate. Uh, I've got a metal rod all the way through my leg gotcha. and, and screws in my knee. But they took the screws out in my my shin or my ankle because they were causing a bunch of problems. Mm. <laughs> but uh, when they took them out, it caused even more problems. Oh, jeez! So. How but long I, are we out for? Uh, way not enough. I came back at probably fifty percent. Oh wow! Yeah, because. I wanted to look good for Joey Janela at uh-huh. spring break, and I uh, wanted to do his show. And we were—it was both of us. He was—he had already announced that he was returning, and mine was a surprise. And I showed up, and it was both of our return matches, mm. um, which is cool, but is very 
not smart of me mm-hmm. because I could barely walk still. Hmm. I could, I, I, and I, I couldn't run. Uh, I don't know how I made it through that match, actually. How did you make it through? I, I don't know. I busted my eye open. You see the scar? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I busted my eye open in that match. I broke my nose in that match. Jeez Louise, man. You know it's work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tell Joey. No, I'm just kidding. Just but, but because it's funny because, once again, you're sitting here and you're like probably thinking, I must sound like a real dumbass saying this, but I did the same thing in 94 working for Jim Cornette, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, broke <laughs> my arm in practice. Yeah. Went, oh, wow, in practice? Yeah, trying to shooting star press, unspotted with no mat like a moron. And you put your arm down? Oh, I just kind of landed on it. Like I Oh, really? Just first on it. Damn. And uh, once again, looking at it, does this look weird to you? Everyone's going, oh, I go to the doctor. It's broken. You can't wrestle tonight. Of course, I do wrestle with a soft cast on. I told the doctor, I'm just going to go sit in the front row and wave. Okay, well, then we'll see you for surgery tomorrow morning. Go on the next day, surgery. And they wanted me out 16 weeks. I came back after seven and a half. So I totally get it. Pretty much the same thing. I had to make this Japanese tour and whether I was ready or not wasn't an option. Yeah. I have to be there. Had to go. Of course, in this day and age, it's completely ludicrous to think that. But when you're an independent wrestler with no money coming in other than the money that you're making, and like you said, you wanted to make Janela's show, I wanted to make the WAR Japanese tour, you do what you got to do. Yeah. I think I came back after, okay, so November, December, January, February, March. Uh, four months in. And they wanted you out for how long? Nine and a half. Shit. Nine to, nine to ten, I think. Or six to nine is what it was. So your bone might not have even been totally healed at that point. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You should have done what I, I did. I just it. ate a bottle of, literally, a bottle of calcium pills every day. Really? I, I took, would shove those things down my throat. I took like two a day, I think. I took like 200 a day. That's insane. And when I went back, the guy goes, wow, your your your, your bone is, is healed. Because I said, well, what if I eat a lot of calcium? He goes, ah, it's probably not going to work. I said, well, it's because I ate all this calcium. So next time someone asks, you say, well, it can't hurt. Just eat a bunch of calcium. Now I'm going to know that <laughs> next time I break a bone. You know? <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> So when so and when you when you obviously you, you broke your leg was it on an indie show it was what's the the, the medical uh, procedure for that as far as like insurance or just like you're on your own buddy luckily luckily I was on my parents insurance at the time okay so uh, but I, mean, I still get the medical bills being you know, oh yeah, yeah but it's an expensive one a little bit right because right. I was out in L A at the time and I went to this really nice hospital nice one i've ever been in i had a really hot nurse great uh, yeah she boy young and <laughs> she she was the one that was teaching me how to walk again so i was i was always ready to walk you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh lucky yeah luckily i was on my parents insurance so it wasn't too bad but being out in la i was stuck in la and you know i'm from mississippi so mm-hmm. i was stuck in la for about a week and it was i got i got there the day before then i got home the day before thanksgiving mm-hmm. in time for thanksgiving but i don't i don't think i even went I think I was laid in bed for, I was in bed for two and a half months, so. Mm. Two and a half months. And then after, so when you came back for Janela's show, did you work more shows after? Uh-huh. Or was it just back back to work again? Yeah, it was back to work. Are you are you healed now? Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel good now. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I don't think I'll ever be 100%, mate, per se, but uh, I'm definitely in like 95, mm-hmm. at least. So tell us about uh, when you got offered the, the contract here. Your first ever national contract, and I'm you know, you don't have to say the specifics, but yeah. I'm sure it's the most money you've ever seen, of course, ever, it right? Is. <laughs> Very much two thousand dollars might be the most money you've ever seen ever, <laughs> but I mean, even so, it's still like, how was that uh, conversation? Did you was it Cody that you talked to? Did you talk to Tony Khan? Um, 
See, that's that's weird. Okay, so I broke my leg, of course, and then I got the message from I got a message from Cody asking if in like January, or February, if I'd be ready for double or nothing, and I didn't know I was booked. At that point, I was like, "You got it." I wasn't gonna tell him no. Yeah, of course. I was like, "You got it. I'll be ready." And that was the first show you did for AW. Uh, I did all in. All in. All, all in all was in. the Battle Royal. All yes. Gotcha. And then Double or Nothing was as well. Gotcha. Um. But uh, after that, okay. So no, he texted me and was like, "Hey, are you gonna be ready for? Uh, I think was it March or April? March or May? Something May. Like that. Yeah, May. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was." And. Uh, I was like, yeah, no worries. He's like, okay, cool. I also had this idea for you and Jungle Boy to tag going going into the shows. And I was like, you mean like AEW? He goes, yeah. Why, do you want to work for us? I was like, well, of course. Yeah. And so uh, nothing was really said of it until um, like we did the we did the double nothing. And then, then I got booked again for Fight for the Fallen, which is where I think we could. Yeah, yeah. The first That's time we, we hung out. Friends, yeah. yeah. But it was in the locker room we were in the locker room talking about the first bte bit i was going to do for them i was real real giddy about that i was real excited yeah being the elite yeah yeah and uh matt was like just he stopped in the middle of his conversation matt matt jackson goes you know we should probably sign you we should probably give you a contract we got you booked for like a lot of tv and and a lot of shows coming up and they just started laughing i was like <laughs> Okay, because I didn't know how to react to that, and so that's that's how I got offered my contract. Was they were just like, I guess we should give you a contract, and so I was like, okay. And then they sent me the contract, and uh, then I was like, oh wow. I was like, okay. I uh, I moved out of my parents' house, got my own car. So <laughs> they must have been happy about that. They they were. Yeah. My mom, not so much. Of course, my mom's. <laughs> Big baby, you, love you, it. The, the first thing I, I really heard about you, other than just, but the first it was you worked with Brian Alvarez, right? Oh yeah. And did you someone was your dad involved as well? Yeah. Like, tell me about that because he was just going off. Marcos, you know how he gets, right? Marcos stunt. And meanwhile, I just watched a match with him and Jungle Boy the, the other day, and he's smaller than Jungle Boy. He can't be yeah. that much bigger than you no. are, Alvarez. No, they played the big bully gimmick with him too. He beat <laughs> did they? the shit out of me, dude. But <laughs> they did the whole gimmick where he was. We had an angle, like, over the course. Uh, it was before I broke my leg and after I broke my leg. I came back and we continued it. Where is this? In, like, your home state? or This is there? in Indiana. Okay, gotcha. Indiana. It was, like, Black um, Label Wrestling yeah. or something, right? Yep. Uh, it was near Chicago. But they uh, they wanted to do the they wanted to do the Mania gimmick where we have two, and then that would be the last one was would be the Mania. But, of course, I wasn't able to do it. Mm. Um, so somehow my family got brought into it. I don't know how, but Brian wanted to bring my family into it, get them involved, and so they were sitting front row of our of our hardcore match, <laughs> hardcore match, and um, we had doors and like this one almost paper thin wood strip. It was like not even the size of a door, and uh, we did this gimmick where my dad slid in the ring, and uh, he got in Brian's face and he, he pointed. And I turned around, I whacked him with the bat. Or it wasn't a real bat, it was like one of those wiffle ball bats. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sold into my dad, picking him up for the fireman's carry. He slipped off and got super kicked through a door. So that was my, and my dad got color for the first time. He said, <laughs> he got a little paper cut on his finger. And he's like, we were laying there selling. And he goes, look, I got color. <laughs> like, right. Is your dad uh, your size or bigger? Or he's small? six foot. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't get those jeans. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. My mom's 4'10", though. You got so. your mom's jeans. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, and when, what was it like for you? I was going to ask you before when you came to All In, for example, the first time here in the Battle Royal. I don't remember what you did because there was a lot of people in that Battle yeah. Royal. That, uh, I think that actually is why I got signed. I did a lot in that Battle Royal, mm-hmm. I feel like. A lot more than I should have. Mm-hmm. Coming in, uh, being as new as I was and as fresh as I was, I, I got a lot in, you know. Mm-hmm. But Bully, uh, Bubba Ray wanted to work with me for some reason which because he understands yeah, bully I, ray yeah bully i loved it yeah i was all about it but he made me look like a million bucks mm-hmm. so he's the reason i got just about every spot in that i did him and dreamer are the two that that made sure that i was what in the spots did you get in that match um i had a face off with bully ray yeah which is really cool i come up to his belly button <laughs> um got saved by billy gunn right there I eliminated Moose from the Battle Royal. All right. Mm-hmm. The guy from Impact? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what else did I do? Oh, I hit that, I hit that in that Codebreaker deal on oh, Brian Cage. Yeah. I'm going to have to show you that if you've never seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm going to show it to you later. But. Steal it if I could, but I probably can't. <laughs> so last week I come down to the ring and like, everybody's in there just screwing around. It's everyone's springboarding. QT's doing like a space flying tire oh drop. You're doing a springboard, which would be like me doing like a 10 foot tall springboard. I'm like, do those hate- ropes come up to my chin? That's what I mean. I hate all you guys. It's like every single person now is just super athletic. <laughs> it just came into the business that way. And I'm like, geez, man. I said to Jerry Lynn, I- remember the days when we used to be high flyers, Jerry? <laughs> man, Jerry Lynn's the coolest. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So As we start to wind down here, have you had a-, a chance to meet, like besides guys in this locker room, when you mentioned Big show or Kane or anything. have you ever ch- met any of those guys at all no I wish I, if I met the big show I'd probably cry to be honest he's you love him he's the best guy man I want to meet him so bad I, uh, I'm hoping to, I'm sure it'll happen one he'd day. act mean at first and then find out who you are and he'd love you yeah, yeah that's yeah, what's yeah. up I love that so when you talk about WrestleCon do you do a lot of those type of signings and stuff no I've um, I've never done a like, oh you're a just signing. there as a fan walking yeah I was, oh gotcha yeah. I was just hanging out I was there for Wrestlemania my buddies that I was uh, had the Airbnb with they mm-hmm. wanted to go to WrestleCon so we went and paid way too much money to go to WrestleCon <laughs> <laughs> and now people are going to pay way too much money to see you that's what it's about baby that's it baby because you know, every week you're on TV it just gives your uh, career more uh, more longevity in the back end yeah, yeah. and I you know I was talking I was talking about uh, to Jack and Austin which source uh, I was like you know 20 years down the road we're going to be booked at the indies for as these legends, you know? We're going to be the, <laughs> yeah. the legends. Like, the WCW guys are getting booked now. Like the Jurassic Express reunion. Yeah. The group pictures available. Yeah. 100 bucks a picture. Bucks. <laughs> and you're on the cruise this year, uh, too. Yeah, I am. I'm, dude, I'm so excited for that. I went on a cruise one time uh, in high school. I was a, I was a choir kid, and we went... Uh, choir kid? Yeah. No I, kidding. I sing. Really? Stuff, yeah. I was actually going to tell you we should jam out sometime. But what kind of kind of singing was it like a I do soprano a, or is it a <laughs> mezzo? I I could hit. I was I started out as a bass, and my freshman year I was a bass, and then they they moved me to tenor because wow tenor that's right yeah how hard is that like so how many people were in your choir there was a good amount we won a lot of competitions we so went you're to, talking like 10, 20 people thirty mm, people yeah twenty to thirty probably. and everybody's in harmony and. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. That's great. So if you're a tenor in choir, how many other tenors is there? Okay, so there's probably about 
eight guys, eight, eight, eight to ten guys. So there, there'd be it would be split in half. There'd be mm-hmm. like four or five bases and like four or five tenors, which is uh, for those of you that don't know, tenor is the the guys that sing higher, mm-hmm. and the bass is the guys that sing lower. And then you had the baritones. You had a couple of those every once in a while, but those are specific songs, I think. And when there, is there girls in it too? Yeah, of course. And what are they? What are they called? Uh, sopranos Soprano. and altos. Gotcha. And altos would be the. Uh, the lower notes for the girls so. so how often do you have to rehearse for that uh we did it every day every wow. every day during school and uh it's a school choir yeah i was in high school choir we got to we traveled a lot for high school choir though we went to disney three times and we went on a cruise to nassau uh, oh, there you go yeah that's where we're going this time i know i'm so excited because i was underage on that cruise and now i'm not just make sure you bring your id because i'm still not sure you're not trying to pull a scam <laughs> on us here <laughs> Last couple of questions for you, man. Yeah, um, who do you want to wrestle here in AEW? Jake Hager. Ah. That would be, an, I feel like just the spectacle of that match would be nuts. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And there, there's a good story to be told there. Sure there for is. For sure. Yeah. There's a lot of evade and get away from him type stuff that we could do. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm trying to learn. I try, I'm not trying to learn. I say that a lot. I'm trying to put more evade stuff in my moveset. Instead evade? Of, yeah. Like yeah. get away from people instead of. That's like we did last week with the. One, two, three, and run between his legs. I mean, that sort of stuff. Oh, my gosh. I almost knocked myself out. Hit on his knee? No, I hit his shin. (laughs) He's got the hardest shin I've ever felt in my life. You got to be careful. I thought I took a chair shot running under there. Who's who's the favorite matches that you've ever had? Um, One of my buddies on the Independence's name, he goes by Jackson Crowley. He had one of my favorite matches. Probably one of the dumbest matches I've ever done to, but what? it was a. We just have such great chemistry. We've always connected. What was it one little. of the dumbest matches you ever did? Because I fell off a balcony through a table. What is this, <laughs> you guys? Vanginella, you guys. That's where I come from. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know why I do a lot of stuff. I do. So Jackson, is there another one that stands up for you? Um, a guy named KTB was a fun one, and then uh. A guy named KTB. KTB, Kyle the Beast. He's uh he's the guy that I hit that first move on. Oh, okay. the move on. Did you ever have, have you had a lot of matches here in AEW? No, I haven't. I, I, I that's why I haven't put any matches up yet from AEW because I I don't feel like I've hit my the Pentagon. That was a good match. Good, that was a fun one. That I, I that one I will put that one in actually. That one was a fun one. I just I still have scars from that one. From what the chops and stuff. Oh, yeah. I've got scars. Those overhand chops. Mexican chops. Ooh. <laughs> there's something else what's your favorite match you've ever seen Eddie versus Ray at Halloween Havoc 97 oh classic Ray was wearing his uh, purple or pink Fan- the phantom yeah was the name of it yeah, yeah. that's that my favorite match of all time I heard you can tell me if this is true or not maybe that they did a lot of that on the fly yeah really Eddie called a lot of stuff on the fly but plus two those guys had worked so many New times, times yeah. so when you work a lot I mean, times were, were a little different then. You did call a lot of the stuff, but you also you also made up a lot of it on the fly, especially if you had chemistry with the guy. Like I used to work with Dean every week, yeah. two, three times a week, and you just go in there and high spot A, high spot B, try this, try that. I remember one time we had to wrestle until the Mexican contingent got there because mm-hmm. it was the first three matches were all Mexican luchadors, and then me and Dean – uh, and uh, they didn't show up because they're all traveling together in a big van. So, they, so me and Dean had to go on first until they got there, but we didn't know how far they were. So we worked for forty-five minutes. <laughs> Try and do a match where you don't know how much time you have, how long you have to go, when the finish is, when the heat is. It's like I started as a babyface. 
then we went so long that I turned heel. Then we went so long that I went back baby face. Wow. <laughs> I like, don't know what that's to great. do. And that's so what, did, was the ref just telling you? He's like, no, keep going. Just working out. We, until someone came out and went like, hey, guys. Literally 45 minutes. It was, it was the most meandering, longest match, but we had, you know, time and chemistry. So you just... Where was this? Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So... Well, cool, Marco Stunt. Uh, we got a big, uh, big match here today. So, um, yeah. what uh, what are you looking for on the cruise? Are you looking for some chicks? Are you going to uh, drink? Or are we gonna I'm going to drink. Okay. Gonna drink. Are you guys? Is Fozzie playing? Yeah, we're playing three times. Oh, maybe can come I get on, on stage, stage and sing some uh, tenor with us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Give me one little tenor note. Oh what's, what's God, your favorite no. note to sing? Give me something. Oh no, I don't know if I can do that. Just give me one. What like a like a like a? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the fun. <laughs> All right, thanks to Marco Stunt. He and the entire Jurassic Express, including that little bastard jungle boy, will be on the Jericho Cruise next month. Excited to have AEW on board when we set sail January 20th. Uh, we are sold out. The waiting list is packed, but you can still try and get on. Just go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. We might have another announcement, a big announcement on board that ship for uh, future cruises, but let's wait and see what happens. And speaking of which, New Year's Eve is only days away, so get your bubbly at a little bit of the bubbly.com. A great way to ring in 2020. Don't forget if you uh, if you knock uh, if, if you pop open a bottle of the bubbly, a little bit of the bubbly. Uh, send your videos, post them, uh, hashtag them, tweet them, and we will retweet them. So uh, get yours today at littlebitofthebubbly.com. Coming up on Wednesday, David Weiss returns to talk as Jericho to talk all about flat Earth and the reason why he is convinced that we live on a flat Earth. But in the meantime and in between time, I just want to thank you guys for another great year. And for another great decade, I mean, unbelievable that we've been doing this for 624 episodes here on Talk is Jericho. We started in December of 2013. Here we are, December of 2019. And what a great decade it's been. I started off uh, in the WWE, finishing it off in AEW. Enjoyed all of my time with both companies and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And of course, all the stuff we've done with Fozzie. Nowhere to Run is currently residing at number 13 on the mainstream rock charts. Um, so much cool stuff Jay and Silent Bob reboot and uh, I mean just everything uh, but, but I'm Chris Jericho and, and nothing to report and just everything that we've done I thank you so much for being a part of my life and I thank you so much for uh, always uh, respecting for what I do and, and relying on me to give you guys entertainment and I'm going to continue to do that well into the next decade and the decade after that and the decade after that so have a great New Year's. Don't drive drunk. Don't drive high. Be safe. And we'll see you guys all next year for another uh, a great uh, year of Talk is Jericho and another great decade of Chris Jericho. Always here to uh, try and make you guys uh, happy. So thank you so much. Much love and respect to all of you here on uh, on Merry Christmas time and, and Happy New Year time. And uh, just be cool, be good to each other, and God bless you. We will see you all soon. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And we'll see you in 2020. Yeah, boy! Oh, yeah!